drink a big a big sniff. <laughs> big sniff. Big, big sniff. sniff. Yeah. Oh boy, it's been a little while since we podcasted, huh? I feel like I always say that. It's only like a week and a day, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Well, we did the last one on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and then we put the episode out early. I think that's why it feels longer, even still. We put the episode up. Yeah. Oh, I co- I, okay. I co-signed the the early. Yes, <laughs> you did by <laughs> you did by default <laughs> by participating <laughs> in the conversation. Ah. Um, but yeah, we did kind of do it early. It was yeah. And then it came out early, so it just feels like it's been a it's been a minute here. So welcome everyone, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to norm normally scheduled programming. Yeah, our normal Tuesday night, which I always hate because uh, you know I have a job, and then I got to show up to it the next day. Yeah, and it's kind of a problem. Listeners of the after show know this well. (laughs) You could not drink two bottles of wine. We also don't have two bottles of wine to drink. I know. I feel like I need to get a drizzly order in before we get started. Are you good? <laughs> so that by the time the after show happens. You're ready to go? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I'm, you know, I just did my four days in a row. So, you know, I'm living my best life. I'm running on four and a half hours of sleep right now. So. Why so little? I got left work at 1030 last night. Got home at 11. Woke up at, set the alarm at 6.30, didn't get out of bed until 7. Um, so yeah, I didn't really, not so much, no, not much sleepy time. But that's a lot more than four and a half hours. Were you I just tossing and turning? I, Did you have anxiety? I don't, you know, if you're like, you know, energized at like 10.30, you got to do the cool down. You got to like, you know, catch up on the world as well. And you're also like, Ugh, energy. It's true. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do that. You know, it's hard to turn off brain because then I'm like, oh, what do I have to do for six hours from now? And I'm like, well, oops. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So it's a little tricky. Well, hey, listen, I, that's too bad. I was kind of hoping you would drive this episode because oh, I'm... Oh, you, sli- you sleepy too? I'm not sleepy. I'm a little sleepy, yes. But it's not so much that as that I'm I'm feeling a deep pessimism right now. Oh, and I, I don't need that energy. In my I know life how right you <laughs> feel about that. So, you know, yeah, I don't. Yeah. If you want to keep it on the rails, it's going to be up to you. Oh, boy. Uh Oh, yeah. Diddy Kong is steering the fucking. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what we need. We need. We do need some like red balloon, you know, wild energy. Uh, some. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, the other thing is I want to say real quick as a as a matter to bring up that was weird why did i say that um as a thing i feel very self-conscious right now because we have a new neighbor and i think this is the first time we've ever recorded an episode while he's here she what yeah well then there's two of them and that explains why there's so much noise yeah oh but anyway i'm just having a conversation you know normally it feels like we're alone when we do this and now i don't feel that way oh it's making me very self-conscious. You like think there's... you're alone now. You actually have someone who lives upstairs. Yeah, and I, actually, I don't even think they're here right now. Yeah, I think it's quiet. we would hear them if they were. Yeah, it's fine. But anyway. You're fine. That's just in the back of my mind. I don't like podcasting with other people around. Oh, well, you just can't be racist on here, which that's a win for that's me. That's going to be tough now. It's a win know? for me. Especially, I love the self-censoring. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, you can just uh, now write an op-ed in the New York Times uh, because you went to a liberal school as a 19-year-old and your mom called a friend and you can write an op-ed in the Times. What? Do you know about this? No. Explain See, this is how I'm going to keep you on, on the rails by telling you wacky, wacky wild We're stories. We're going to go culture, war, and identity politics instead of the obvious topic, right? We're going p- purely domestic American issues. Domestic here. American ones, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, ginger-haired 19-year-old goes, my adversity is that I had to shut up and listen. And you're like, bitch... This is the first time. Well, wait, wait, wait. You got to lay this out for me and the listeners clearly because you always do this. You're explaining and it doesn't make sense. I just assume that people are like, you know, doom scroll Twitter like I do until the wee hours. Well, a lot of people do, including myself. uh, And I don't know about this. Yeah, we live on different internets. We've we've already discussed. That's true. I'm Um, I'm the Reddit portion of the internet. Hold on. I, I, I think I'm thinking about getting back on 4chan, actually. Oh, boy. Please don't. That seems in a moment like this, that's where you want to be. Anytime there's 
active shooting somewhere, you want to be on 4chan. That's where all the good intel is. Hmm. Okay, so we're going to I'm just going to sidestep that one and say that it never happened. Um so there was an opinion piece in the Times on let's say Sunday, Monday, Sunday. Sunday is when there's opinions. Um opinion, I came to college eager to debate. I found self-censorship instead. Oh, it's this article. I did read this, yeah. Yeah. It was behind a payroll paywall otherwise I would have probably jumped out of a window this is why you got to be on the reddit side of the universe because people that have the paywall they just copy all the text and post it as a comment oh uh, so you get articles for free hmm. it's a one step extra that i'm not really and when i say do. i read it i read three paragraphs of it i didn't read the whole that's thing. about as far I think as i, I think got the gist of it yeah. yeah you know girl has to go to liberal arts college to wear pattern dresses and then go wonder why people don't want to hear her fucking point of view and yet and yet she still ends up in the gray lady going, it's hard for me. A white woman. And you're like, happy International Women's Day, you complaining bitch. Like, what are we doing? I mean, I'm a little bit surprised. You know, it's another sign of the cultural vibe shift. You know, because it's an, anti, it's an anti-censorship position. And normally the New York Times would harangue somebody like this. And they're kind of changing their tone, which is interesting. Yeah, because safe 19-year-old white woman. Well, it's because it's coming from a PMC person. And from a white, well, yeah, and from a white woman, from a proper identity category, and from a proper class position, so it's allowed now. Well, she was doing everything right. Whereas so, when the yeah. proles and the masses complain about it, it's not a real thing. It definitely doesn't exist. But now that it affects them, oh, and their daughters, the bourgeoisie, not without my daughters, yeah. they really hate it now. <sighs> and you know, uh, like from what I read of it, it's like, yeah, I mean, I get being frustrated. You have, you are going to have like people gang up on you if you have contrary positions. Happens to me all the time. Actually, it used to. I feel like it's it's waned a lot in my social circles. Hmm. Ain't nobody woke anymore. You don't really have to worry about it. <laughs> the wokey dokes have gone At to work, bed. I do worry about it. Well, yeah. And that's a professional middle-class environment, which is also colleges. It's yeah. Just, it, do, you, do you take my point at all, though, that I, it's funny? People have been complaining about this for almost 10 years at this point, but it's always your alt-right or your white yeah. guy. And, but now... Now safe white it's lady. It's oh my God. But, like... My main, uh, you know, my always my thing is like, wow, got the biggest megaphone in the world to complain about. It's like someone did a deep dive on the Twitter and was like, I only found like two bylines by her. She's not even like that active with her school paper. Like this is some, this is Meshuggah nonsense. Like, what is this? Like, what? You go from two articles that maybe someone had bet, like was like, eh, you might want to rephrase into I'm being self-censored. And you're like girl live your life i don't know what to tell you I, well there's going to be necessary backlash after several generations of college students going through this like we've talked about this privately before how lucky we were to really get out while the getting was still good as far as academia goes this was just beginning like i remember going to eye roll inducing seminars where like with mark oh. where this kind of stuff would happen not not people getting shouted down necessarily but like very proto-woke like identity politics nonsense that everybody hated at the time nobody wanted to sit through that shit but you couldn't really say anything because you would be attacked on the grounds that you weren't in the proper tribe to make these criticisms i mean you have eyes so so, it existed but it was just starting and it was not dominant but over the you know over the past 10 years it's become dominant like you're gonna have a cultural backlash to it this thing about her not really being a published like writer yeah and then getting a platform for this that's why i brought up like isn't it interesting that the ch- the times has decided to change their tone that well, means it was an editorial choice they don't care about this author no. but the editorial board is thinking, like the winds actually, are changing this yeah. seems like a good idea now well the, uh, i mean because they've had a plenty of internal conflict at the new york times losing barry weiss um firing people for complaints like this that they are probably sick of it too except they're not an with the status that they have they can't publish it but some right. unknown can so they use her for it oh they so anybody on twitter like individually dragging violin. this college student is a retard like you that's no not it's not issue, about dragging the, the the child it's about dragging like the times of like the fuck is this this is what we're doing now. well and what's give me the twitter angle like in the in the part of it that you see what were they complaining about exactly like i don't get that 
were they complaining like the New York Times you shouldn't platform this type of opinion? Or were they goofing on them that like it's funny that it's a white woman and now you care? Because there's like different angles on it. Alternate headline, I came to college eager to debate, but then I saw how Barry Weiss made money and now I have an op-ed at the totally unknown New York Times. You right, know, but again, like, like this it's is profitable to be contrarian, but like this is some how contrarian or like yeah. applying that profitability that with assuming that this person has the profile, they don't have. They that. don't have. They're it, not yeah. going to profit off this. They're they're probably their reputation is actually destroyed because of Twitter right now. Yeah, yeah, it's not great, you know. And the Times will never publish them again. But that's not the point. It's for the paper to get it out. Yeah, without having to sacrifice a well-known author to do that. Yeah, we can throw the young ones on the on because the Because they have authors that do this all the time. I mean, they publish Ross Douthat. They publish, you know, radical centrists and neocons constantly right. that say these things, but they're white old men. And yeah. that's fine. But well, to do we it just from a different... expect it to ha- come yeah. out of the mouths of... From the mouths of... Ba- what's the opposite of a babe? Because I always think babe is like a talking pig. I don't know. The the mouth of a geriatric? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the diaper of a geriatric? Ooh. Title of memoir. <laughs> <laughs> the eternal geriatric. I feel like your movie would be like a, a reverse Benjamin Button where you're not like... Doesn't he age in reverse in that movie? Yeah, he's an old man baby. In your case, you go from elderly first to young later. Wait, that's the same thing. That's the same thing. Sorry, I'm tireder than I thought. <laughs> so yeah, just Benjamin Button. Just basically. Benjamin Buttoning about. Um, yeah, I mm, mm, I don't know about that. Um, I don't want to. You got to get off Twitter and and these takes and these articles, man. It's okay to like see them and glance at them, so you know what the cultural conversation is. But I feel like getting absorbed in like talking about that headline, all things considered, you know culture of narcissism it's very much a, writ large right there yeah and that's why it's just like you know you're spelunking into like is this what the people are talking about because it was it was a, a you know for you know since some borders got crossed there was no like in the you know online ecosystem there was no protagonist of the day or antagonist of the day but you know and after five days they started creeping back up yeah yeah you yeah. know like no, I know it, people it, making fools of themselves, writing things for the, you know, like whatever. Like the protagonist idea, the daily internet protagonist came back with a vengeance because people were like, "Okay, so war's really like." Yeah, isn't it funny that three weeks three weeks ago we were talking about West Elm Caleb? Okay, maybe that like was month, the stakes. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah the stakes were real low. Stakes <laughs> real low. Um, so like. You but know. it's true. It it demonstrates the lack of attention span that everybody truly has. And the future of this war, at least from an American perspective, uh, there's a lot to it. But from just one angle, from the tw- Twitterati or whatever, it will just become a thing that's always been happening, like so many other catastrophes, and no one will ever talk about it again. Oh, we went to from zero to Afghan conflict, Iraq war from zero to 60 well i mean a lot of people speaking of gas prices i mean a lot of people called this when joe biden like pulled out of afghanistan people were saying like oh he's fucked in 24 his political career is over and does anybody even remember that right now no because you have another one down the just you know one was in the pipeline so you just gotta like get the chamber ready you know um but yeah it's it's crazy to me that in the current environment these characters of the day as you say are still happening like i was expressing to you the other night like i'm just feeling like a crazy person right now because i can't get my mind off some dark thoughts you know and it's a weird state for me because i don't feel depressed it's just like well you're being shock and awed it but it's not shock either it's like i think i have an okay understanding weirdly enough Mm. i i'm not surprised i was surprised initially i'm not surprised anymore so following the day-to-day is not that anxiety inducing it's more like the consequences of a lot of, a lot of these things are what's very frightening right right and nobody talks about it yeah because it's morbid and uh you know you can't quite like yeah but know. don't you have to like you know you got to do the native american thing you got to pull the arrow all the way through i feel like talking about it helps it helps me and but it seems like it's just everyone else is not it's not like they're avoiding it with any sensitivity Mm-hmm. It's like delusional, and it's making well, me feel insane. That, but that's also 
in terms of information reception, that's by design. You have to like kind of keep people distracted. And that's why the algorithm will work because it's like hmm, too many downers because you'll have I'm sure there's some kind of timer in whatever scroll you're looking at is that's like oh someone's going too deep down a rabbit hole got to get them out like no but we know for, we know for certain that that is not true mm. we know for certain that youtube is designed to do the exact opposite of that for example oh i which, find its user interface so atrocious that i go hmm, i've had enough which would lead me to believe that all other social media platforms are the same way hmm. um I don't know. I'm sorry. I just had a flat. I listened to like a three hour long interview with Mark Zuckerberg the other day. And I was actually shocked how <sighs> human he seemed like relative to somebody like Elon Musk or something who's like autistic and crazy. Mm. Like Mark Zuckerberg actually seemed like really sensible. And I was like, man, your media training is really good because your public image in terms of your aesthetic presentation and your meme ability is atrocious for you. Yeah. But as like a talker, he was good and sensible but anyway i was only thinking of it because man some of his defenses of like things that facebook are doing it was like okay man whatever you say like i don't know i don't know how you can who has a facebook but that's not the point i mean they own instagram they own whatsapp meta metaverse all of this shit like they have a huge influence and even though like only elderly people use facebook now you have to remember it has the most users of any social media platform in the world Mm. and it was the original it was the right. breakthrough. They they know more about well, surveillance space. capitalism than anyone else. Yeah, that's true. All right, fine. So their their methods are always going to be cutting edge and, you know, the most atrocious from the pessimist angle. Hmm. Well, I don't know where to go from there other than yes, yes bad, but Well, it what was el- a, it but was what a, else about about this little uh, No, it was a tangent in the first place cuz we were saying something about social media algorithms and his voice flashed in my brain and i was like oh oh, oh good you're gonna have nightmares i now. already feel like i'm in vietnam i don't need another i don't need mark zuckerberg in there hunting me like charlie <laughs> okay uh all right my mind vietnam is a is a treacherous landscape right now there's punji sticks everywhere wow okay i'm sorry to report that by the way but honestly i'm just sitting at work looking around like anybody else reading you know anybody else and everyone's like, did you see the Gilded Age? And I'm like, oh, man. I actually did. I mean, And that show's really bad, but I watch every episode, and I don't know why. And it's starting to freak me well, out. This, the, well, we can, we, we can have a segue. <laughs> um, a lot of, I mean, think about it. Like, if you have this idea of the daily protagonist is, like, empty calories, all of the television right now, or, like, in the past, like, you know, we're also in the winter months. This is not primetime television but like all of it has been bad but like people can't not talk about it because you know i think the the drive to talk about anything but a current crisis is so deep that people like you see uh and just like that wasn't that fucking crazy oh did you see euphoria it was written really bad but they have dong out and you're like okay but like what was it about i don't know it's bad teenagers are assholes and you're like uh uh gilded age written for written by a team of like monkeys with typewriters and you're like eh, does it look good naughty is uh, kind of inaccurate and you're right. like okay like it's emily in paris all over the place but like without the camp and st- the outright stupidity so people can actually go through life thinking that they're like consuming something and having a discourse but like there's nothing you know you don't have anything like you don't have prestige TV anymore, or at least it's been lacking, um, because the only prestige things that anyone's like, well, that was kind of good, is like Disney properties, where you're like, WandaVision was cool, and then you're like, what about the other ones? And they're like, Mandalorian was, oh, that was Boba Fett. Oh, <laughs> oh, I don't know, that was pretty bad. I didn't know what the fuck was happening. And you're like, yeah, do you know? The question is, do you know what the fuck is happening around you? And it's like, I do, but I'd rather not talk about it because we've also had two years of all hell going on and you're like the only thing you have to talk about is current event fuckery where it's like i'd like to have an opinion on something else please well you know and i think as far as this point goes i think covid was of immense consequence to this like dumbing down of the discourse 
because the nature of that catastrophe reinforced everyone's narcissism. Like your sense of personal tragedy is kind of the only thing that matters. And it's coupled with your boredom and your incessant need to consume still. Yeah. And all of those things compound on each other. So when you come back to the real world and you have to commute to work again and you're socializing again and also there's a huge war, that's like a major geopolitical realignment. You don't know. You never had a frame of reference for that as an American, really. But now you especially don't after two years. And I I thought of this earlier when you were talking. I think it was kind of a bad thing that a lot of the media that came out during and in the recent aftermath of COVID didn't portray any of it. Like the only thing that I saw was um, David Soderbergh's newest movie, Kimmy, heavily features COVID-19 as part of it and it was not that great of a movie but it was interesting to see it incorporated into the plot in like a very realistic and timely way that made the characters in the movie more relatable and their struggles like more relatable but everything else just ignored it there's i mean there's a lot of like nbc cbs stuff that does like masks on and stuff like that there was also that heist movie that came out like right after pandy that was interesting that the things like for middle america like the most um lowest common denominator like public access tv things were kind of probably forced to feature it well because it's also they had to continue production they make so many episodes and also i do not think that their audience would have accepted the denial to the same degree that coastal elites that were working from home could well i also think that like it also was like necessary by some kind of weird ad by situation because you know the thing about the like you know the the very special drug episodes yeah where it was like well we'll buy the ad block if you just write one episode and networks were like yes 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 so i wouldn't be surprised if there was like some cdc like backwash of like well if you write a couple episodes where like there's some mask action like we'll take care of some ad buys for you that's interesting that's probably true yeah just to be like hey we're still in it why don't you pop one of these on well and those dying media empires that try to make their money off of ad revenue from a constantly dwindling audience that watches things on the internet is entirely incentivized to accept deals like that at this point whether it's governmental or private whatever doesn't matter um but like i would i would guess that there was probably a little bit of that um but also it was probably like when you have to churn out what 22 excuse me, 22 to 28 episodes of a criminal procedural, you're like, okay, so we could test everybody every day or we could have the characters wear masks and then we don't have to do it as much. Sick. We're doing that. We're doing that. All right. Start from one. Yeah, right, right, right. It's possible, yeah. But but now you you contrast it with what's going on now and I feel like it's only a matter of time until we get like a Zelensky hbo series or something well like honest to god because the difference is rather than incentivize people to be inactive and asocial you need to rile people up and get them to be um rah rah and incredibly active and that propaganda war is of a different stripe than the pandemic one but it's really jarring and i guarantee in 2023 there's going to be ukraine russia propaganda media oh i'm sure ryan murphy is already doing like you know uh america you know what was that show about oj yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. it'll be something like that just campy but you know because everyone's a disney adult for morons uh, the like people are already like jerry jeremy renner is him i know and i'm like can we it's been 14 days how about you fucking cool it right you absolute imbeciles like i don't i don't know i don't get it i mean did you see i just learned right before we started recording this that there was a huge protest in chicago like thousands of people it was shocking how big it was who cares about chicago that was in favor of a no-fly zone in ukraine which is World War Three? I don't know if... Do you understand what a, new, a no-fly zone is? Because a lot of people don't. It, on, the, on the face of it, as a term, it's kind of brilliant propaganda because it sounds innocuous. Okay, they can't fly over there anymore. But the chain of events that it sets off, like what it requires from a military doctrine perspective, 
is nuclear war three steps down the line we start Hmm. flying our jets to shoot down their jets once we shoot down one of their jets they have to shoot down one of our jets once they shoot down one of our jets we have to take out their ability to do that which means domestic anti-air things in russia they have to do (sighs) that to us and so on and so on nukes like it's that is garen a garen fucking t the mainstream media doesn't cover it that way. They don't even explain what a no-fly zone is. They, well, yeah. they constantly ask the press secretaries of uh, Biden and others, uh, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? To the point where now you have a bunch of liberals in Chicago that are asking for it, chanting, close the sky, close the sky. And it's just one of these things where, like, I was a little too young <sighs> to really internalize, like, the business in Iraq as it was happening, like the war fever after 9-11. Like, I remember it, but from a child's perspective. Right. And now seeing it as an adult and being in, like, a slim minority that's like, no, no, like, please stop. You have you have complete consensus on this right now from liberals and conservatives. After two hmm. years of the most fierce culture war over masks and vax, they come together on this. And it's horrible and it's terrifying. Well, because, you know, again, if you have to have a daily protagonist, you need to have a big bad. That's just how America works. We need a big bad so that way we're not as bad. Because, you know, at the end of the day, look around America and you're like, ooh, the ghetto. Ooh, boy, what is this? You have to pay to get medicine? Your college costs how much? You're basically an indentured servant for the rest of your life. What is this? Oh, my God. Your police beat you up? What? Like, oh, I mean, you know, it's a bit. We're, we're and forget about domestic. Forget about domestic issues. You don't see the kind of support for these wars when they happen to not white people. And well, it's, yeah, and everyone's blonde haired and blue eyed. And yeah, it, well, it's weird that that's even happening because like Slavic people are oppressed too in in a way that. I don't think people not from Eastern Europe really understand. They were looked at as definitely an underclass as opposed to the aristocrats of Europe, you know, the Anglo-Saxons and the Russians. So like, yeah, cause it's like potato farmerville. But anyway, I mean, the, it's just, it's, it's shocking. It's shocking to me what seems to be happening because the worst case scenario is a nuclear war. And the best case scenario is that the rah, rah goes on until people see the domestic implications of it. Because it's going to destabilize our oh, society even further. People are already seeing it because they're like, how much is gas? Well, Excuse me, what? Except that something like a no-fly zone has 70-something percent support. Um, cutting off Russian oil, which happened right before we started recording this today, Great. Um, has 80-something percent support. But people are not making the connection in their mind as far as what that actually means. And when you start to see that domestic strife, like, um, I mean... The, the what I was saying was the best case scenario is that people s- start to be against this conflict because things here get so bad. What, That's the best you can hope for. What uh what what day did you say this Chicago thing happened? I think yesterday or over the weekend maybe. Because I was gonna say if it happened on a Monday, it must be so nice to just uh, turn Slack on on your phone and just go on a little marchy march. Well, I think a lot of people probably did that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. And they don't really care about how much their gas costs because they're getting overpaid you know they either drive a tesla or they live in a city yeah they don't care right so you know no more about class war just kidding um but um you know i was all down for like the pirating like oh we're gonna take their their yachts i'm like cool what about the yachts that are parked in the harbor here can i have those i would like a boat what about all the real estate that they own in New York? Yeah. Which is a huge percentage of it, them and the Chinese both. Like, right. I mean, the the crazy thing about this oil sanctioning, for, for example, is that this is the last lever we had to pull on them. We sanctioned them for everything else already. This, By the way, this conflict is less than two weeks old. Keep that in mind. Right. It's less than two weeks old, and we've used every single tool we can, not only to further escalate this in their eyes, right? but now if it escalates to a new degree, we have nothing left to disincentivize them from continuing to act except for military force. And over what? Domestic political pressure because Zelensky has been made into a culture war figure and liberals love him? 
And conservatives just always like the idea of American imperialism, so they're on board. They're like sick. It's it's strange seeing them transform too, because there was initial resistance to this, and somebody like Tucker Carlson, who through and through is an elite anyway, is still kind of against it. But like Hmm. American conservatives will just jump to any military operation, sight unseen, no matter what, no matter what. But it's the liberals that that are driving me insane right now. Because it's a TV show to them because they don't care because there's nothing at stake until it goes so catastrophic that we're all dead. Hmm. Well, you're jumping over, you know, you're going through a couple extra hoops there. Um, the thing is, not really. Like, but if our, if our odds of that, I don't even want to say it. Like, if our odds of that have increased by 1%, um, that's more than in 50 years and that's incredibly dangerous hasn't, hasn't the clock been at like 47 seconds to midnight the the doomsday Which, clock is a kind of arbitrary thing and it's run by a group of atomic scientists supposedly but like it doesn't mean anything that's not an actual measure of anything yeah so i mean i don't know um i i don't know it think about it this way though you know when, uh, back in the 60s, you know, there were generations have had, you know, bomb drills and uh, alongside fire drills, you know, for the better part of 60 years, you know, um, it's, it's a known quantity in American history of the never-ending cold war even though it's oh it's over and you're like "Mm, is it though um so i kind of like i know that you're feeling the anxiety for the first time but it hasn't been the first time in in american history uh that doesn't make it better it doesn't make it better well if you have a point finish it but i have a response to this already man the my point is basically like the threat is is and always has been real that's the terrible part um, do I think that mutually assured destruction is on the table? No. Um, do I like being on the Eastern seaboard? Not really. Um, but also maybe they'll take out San Francisco. That Sure. Crash the real estate there. Thank you so much. But, um, yeah, I kind of lost it at the end. I just think like, you know, American okay. anxiety, is, we talked about this before, American anxiety is just on the table for powers that be all the time. Okay. It's not new. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The thing that's scary, the thing that is scaring me to death about this, the thing that is scary about this is you say this is not new in American history. That is true, sort of. Um, first of all, the chessboard is totally different than it used to be. It's not even the same game. It has the same stakes, but you're playing on a board nobody's ever seen before. That right there escalates the odds of something catastrophic going on by, I don't know what percentage, but too much. So that's point number one. Point number two is nobody in charge was in charge during the Cold War. None of them. Yeah. Well, because they're dead now. So forget about our generations that have no contact with something this catastrophic, although we've had contact with plenty of catastrophic things. Like, I think my fear is not unfounded because if you look at our lives, it's been a cascade of only worse. So what would you expect after a, a series of events over the last 20 years that are catastrophe after catastrophe? If you're optimistic right now, you are deluding yourself. This situation is worse. So combine that with no one knows what the chessboard is and nobody in charge has ever dealt with this before. What do you think the odds of a mistake in a game like that are? You don't know the rules. You don't know the landscape. You've never played. If that was a chess game, you're looking at two four-year-olds that are angry at each other, wanting to see who wins. It's a matter of time till somebody flips the board. And we've seen this already. This invasion is step one in flipping the board. It was a gamble to say this geopolitical order is over. We're going to take our chances because we've been backed up. And if you don't think that's going to keep happening and keep escalating, I'm at a loss. And so when I sit around and it's like, don't think about it. What do you mean? Like, 
I'm a student. I'm a student of history. The reason I'm afraid is because I know the history, and this isn't like it. Except it has a lot of the most dangerous factors. If it was like the history, you you would, okay, fine. If it was like the Cuban Missile Crisis, you have a platform for that. You have a way of looking at it. But we're in a situation that dangerous, and no, no precedent. Sure. What? Not to be unsympathetic, but, like, this is giving me, like, you know, this, as I wave my hand, is giving me that, like, manic energy of anxiety. Oh, I'm manic, yeah. Yeah, and I I just, you know, kind of want to be, I don't know why I'm feeling real chill. It might be just the, the tired, but, like, here's the thing. You have no control. I have no control. You can sit and be anxious or, you know, at the end of the day, you're living your life. Do you want to live your life in fear and in anxiety or do you just want to be present? And I'm always going to come down and just be present because what, whatever. It's the end of the world. Great. Whatever. Great. Sounds sounds fun. Didn't want to last that long anyway. Don't want to suffer necessarily. No. Don't want that. No, no. I will not take radiation poisoning. No, thank you. Um, so if you're going to hit me. You know, I have coordinates. You can just strike me dead uh, in Elmhurst. Um, uh, but I, I, like, look, you can't man, like. I, I under I understand that, and I feel like you're trying to talk me off a personal ledge that I'm not on. I set this up deliberately by saying I'm not depressed about this, but I am very pessimistic. I didn't say depressed. I said manic. It's different. Uh, well, I know. I'm also manic about it, but but the di- the difference is like. This self-help nonsense of, like, just be present. Well, what does that mean right now? If you're telling me to just be present, who's the more present one? I I am tired of this. And I'm not saying that other people need to talk about it if they don't want to talk about it. You do you, I guess. But, like, convincing yourself by avoiding something that your life will just be fine is not a reasonable position right now. I'm not saying be delusional, but also like, you know... I think you are saying that, and I think if that's what you want to say, be honest about it, and that's part of my frustration. If you're saying, look, if it, if it's really as bad as I'm saying, and it could go that way, and you can't do anything about it, then you might as well delude yourself till you die. And I would say that's not being very present. I would say that's fine. I think you can make a defense of that position, uh, but... Start with some intellectual honesty. Admit what the stakes are, at least. You have to do that. If you're not doing that, then uh, there's no conversation about it. Okay, stop talking so fast. Let me get to a separate point. If the timeline is as such that you describe, which it probably is, do you want to spend, you know, what little available free mental time worrying about it, or do you want to work on your... You know, this is very, you know, woo, but like, do you want to actually get to some kind of self-realization processes a little bit faster? Do you kind of like light a fire on understanding, you know, anything about yourself and how, how you react in the world? And do you want to kind of get there faster? So that way, you know, if it is the end times, um, you can actually decide like, hmm, am I going to be a survivor? Am I going to be a fighter? Or am I just going to lay down and die? You know, because these are things that you do have to actually think about. Like, you can't just be anxious, like, waiting for it. You have to be like, well, if if the outcome goes as as worrisome, what are you going to do? Okay, but do you understand that if the, the, that if the outcome goes as worrisome, are you a fight? Are you a fighter? Are you survivor? All these platitudes, like, that's that doesn't mean anything anymore. So what are you talking about, man? Yeah, but like, uh, it's it's not a question that it, that if the if the worst comes, survivability. That's why it's scary because there's no other thing that's ever existed that's like that. It's not a natural disaster. Um, the odds are zero where we sit tonight. Okay, but again, uh, look, look who what, cares? what I think, what you I know? actually think is happening here. To be totally honest with you, is is I, I'm not as anxious about it as you're making me seem. I do want to talk about it. I am pessimistic about it. I've admitted both of those things. 
I think what I think what is ultimately ends up happening when you force the conversation like I'm doing is a lot of projection starts going on. Who's actually anxious about it? You're talking in terms that don't make any sense, given the context. To calm me down? Is that no. really about me? And, and, I, and I wonder that, not to accuse you of anything. I think it's a good illustration, though, if that's what's going on in a lot of people's minds. Um, avoid thinking about it for yourself. Imagine that you're self-improving by doing that. And then when the reality is presented to you, deny it by effectively mirroring your own feelings onto somebody else. Okay. I'm going to stop you because that's kind of rude. Like just using, I will not be taken as an example of, thank you so much. I, All right. I, I, I won't sh- speak you know, for like you then, but it does, the, does the broader point make sense? Cause I think it does. Make yeah. Sense. But like, it's a matter of like how you realize how anxious you are in the world. And that's, you know, the unfortunate, not unfortunate. Like that's the, that's the mirror being held at the world, right? to the world right now is like how anxious are you about anything and are you thinking or are you not because it's really great it is great to be delusional never gonna say that that's not great Ooh, you know remember i just like loved ladies you know we love delusion (laughs) folks you know but like what happens when you're honest with yourself about how you behave and how you process information? Like it's very difficult to come to terms with the idea that like maybe the world isn't as you thought it was. And for, for a lot of people they thought, Oh, it's happening over there. You know? Cause again, this goes back to the idea of like, I think a lot of people are still thinking that way. I'm not done. Yes. Because yes, because it was always othered diaspora and, wartime was always a you know a brown bag or darker problem yeah and now you have pmcs in chicago going whites running you know like so the intrinsic racism is deep in this you know because it's always like oh there's afghanis like running over borders and like people are invading france and the french are pissed like wow the french are racist but and obviously the French are like, we'll take the vice. Well, and I think it's worth I think it's worth being clear too, and I definitely want to let you finish your point, but I think it's worth being clear too that I don't blame this on any person's individual intrinsic racism because I don't really think that's as pervasive as other people do. I think it is the media's intrinsic racism that isn't even really racism. It's just a result of... Um, Indifference it, due to markets and capital. Well, yeah. Uh, Noam Chomsky calls it worthy and unworthy victims. If Correct. you're a worthy victim of imperialism, you get all the treatment that Ukraine is getting right now. If you're an unworthy victim because we must extract from you to keep this going, uh, then we don't care and you're dead. Well, here's the thing. The fucked up part is like and like in Ukraine, there's lots of lots of goodies there that make them technically unworthy. But, eh, you know, they got iron. They got coal. Um, we like iron. Um. It's not about natural resources. It's about Russia um, knocking on Western Europe's door. That's why they're worthy victims. Um, the global South are always unworthy victims because we need their resources. Therefore, uh, we must kill them to get them. Mm. Can I move to Rio then? Is that the new The France? racism is incidental is what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah. I want to let you finish your point. Oh, I've been derailed, so I, I cannot follow. I, well, I think um, you were making a point about, about like... Um, Anxiety and the way that you want to be perceived and your self-knowledge about that. Right. I mean, I mean, again, it's the the goal of all all media projects is to distract, confuse and redirect. Right. It's about misusing, misappropriating psychic energy. Right. Let's get woo. Okay, so like it's all about the distraction. Okay, we have our protagonist. We've established this previously, but we also have like the idiotic take of the like here's some self-care to like talk you know if you've been reading too much news it's like no you should read news and you should be you should have the anxiety but like if it's a matter of like what is the source of your anxiety a lot you know as a medicated culture we love giving people medication for anxiety anxiety can do wonderful things it does make you a little bit of a cuckoo nut job but it's a matter of like doing the work to figure out why you're anxious. If you have a global catastrophe level anxiety that brings, you know, is a surface one that more people can subscribe to. 
self-realization will never occur but then it's just a really good like simmer keeper does that make sense sure you have to keep the anxiety simmering that's that's how you know subjugation under capital works you have to keep anxiety at a constant simmer um but profound anxiety never gets addressed so people just get stuck and don't actually learn or grow or again this is what i'm talking about the timeline of figuring stuff out is like if you're not trying to unpack the multi-tiers of anxiety to figure out what is you what is applied to you what is perceived expectation projected expectation and also as a being in the world as a thinking being in the world you've achieved achieved a perfect barred and imprisoned subject which makes you more malleable thus we have you know homegirl writing for the times and everyone's obsessed for three days because it's a great distraction okay all right fine i'll 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 take your framework does that make sense i'll take your framework but i'm gonna dismantle it because here's the problem with that from my perspective um i know the source of the anxiety i'm clear and confident in the attribution um i know why i feel that way i know what the causes are uh i know i can't do anything about them but i don't precisely where it's coming from okay the other thing is you're talking about a timeline um that's a nice substrate when there's a future yeah, what I'm saying. We're the timeline can get real short. We're talking about not that. Yeah. What I'm saying is like So all of this pablum, because frankly, I think that's what it is, and it's not directed at you, but this is common, makes a lot of sense. Um, your self interest and your investigation of that and your unpacking of that makes a lot of sense when there's time to do it. Um, and when there's a future. And this is not some abstract Adam Curtis, no future. Uh, this is none, n- nil, nothing. And 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 I am. I don't think it's irrational to think that that is uncomfortable. And asking someone in the prime of their life to simply accept it, and not only accept it for you, but for everyone you know. Every work of art in every museum, uh, every insect, every tree. What are you asking of people? I'm not anxious for me. But what I'm saying is you can't ask that of anyone. That's an impossible ask. To, To be like, hi, have you contemplated your own mortality today? Like, what are we mormons jesus i don't know like th- maybe that's the interesting thing about living in history you know is that it used to be pretty common to do that and it yeah was with smaller stakes you know if you were a slave in the antebellum south is the master going to kill us today i would imagine that they talked about that if you were um a peasant in the middle ages and you're fighting in some king's internecine war against another member of the court. I bet you talked about it. I don't think people mm. ran around deluding themselves and avoiding these things. I think that is a symptom of our current age um, where your narcissistic self-reflection about what it means for you is your only frame of reference for it. Well, what... Uh... Like, I'm taking your point. I hope you understand that. Like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to agree with you because I do agree with you. It's just that the the entire matrix for that type of um, mutual aid is nonsense in the face of some things. And this is one of them. Nuclear war is one of them. Right. But what happened... The only thing I have is in my brain is bring out your dead you know the monty python thing like what happened post uh that one big plague big black plague well we should all lots be kind of, wars. of lots yes, of wars but we should also be kind of familiar with this after covid is that they don't really stop right 
um, they become endemic diseases or they disappear, well, very slowly. I mean, the only reason the bubonic plague stopped at the time was that populations were separated enough from each other to eventually kill enough people and stop the transmission village to village. If something like the plague happened today, we would all die from it. There's too many people too close together. Right. You know. And when I say all, just to be clear, this is also true in the case of nuclear weapons. Like, some people would survive, but it's a question of, would you want to be alive after that? I don't know. If you're living in Montana and you have a farm, you're like, well, it all happened far away from here. Sounds great. I mean, the sky is black. The world is irradiated. You don't don't necessarily want to live, and it's a question of those survivors would only be immediate. A long-term future for them, nobody knows. I I think it's bleak, but anyway... Yeah, we also children. So when you're asking like what what happened after the plague, I mean there was there was plenty of uprisings um, from serfs. Like the plague was one of the catalysts for the end of feudalism as a form of government. Oh, now that's all nice and good because nuclear war is not going to do that. These things happen, but what? Yes, this is what exactly what I was trying to drive home to you is nuclear war does not have the stakes of a paradigm shift. It has the stakes of there are no paradigms ever again. Right. That's never happened before. Mm. And so everyone talking like, you know, what are the upsides of this? And you and speaking of the Twitterati takes, like you actually are starting to see this now, which makes me even more scared. Like it wouldn't be that bad. It wouldn't necessarily lead to mutually assured destruction. Like we could live with a nuke here, a nuke there. I mean No, you cannot. No. No, you can't. And that's a bad take. Jesus Christ. You know, and to take it back to the tactical situation, like Russian military doctrine does incorporate the use of tactical nuclear weapons when they're in certain situations. They are more backed into a corner than they've ever been before. So I don't don't know. But they have so much land. So much land. Why? It's mostly uninhabitable. And what good is your your land when you can't take any of the resources and trade them with anybody? Mm. I mean... whatever i don't i don't talking about the like local situation is always going to be outdated so i don't like that but you know the so yeah i mean you just had the realization in real time of the fear like Mm. and it's okay to feel that the the thing that maybe i want to maybe i want to articulate and then i'll let you go is like guys feel it it's fine and talk about it with each other right is it fear, but or is it fatalism? Because I'm more in the fatalism camp of, well, if it happens, okay, sure. So we go down. We, well, we as people go down. I'm like, well, was it avoidable? You know, sure. But, the, but yeah, there's no definitely we. Was. The, reason, uh. the reason that it pisses me off is that there's no we in that. We didn't do that. Like, right. a very, very small percentage of people decided that the that billions were worth sacrificing so that their lives didn't have to get worse. No, not that their lives didn't have to get worse, that they weren't that they weren't wrong. It's a pissing match. It's not that abstract. Well. Well, it's a question of resources and their power and their grasp on it. I really do think that at the end of the day everybody from top to bottom is basically a rational actor, but what's scary right now is again when you have a board nobody's played on and things that will do what we've been talking about um what looks rational to an increasingly deluded ruling class speaking of the delusion that's why it's scary that's why you shouldn't participate in it personally in my opinion speaking of who you align with is they would end things from a deluded state of rationality so what you're saying is that Joe Biden's going to get on a spaceship with Tim Cook and then get eaten by a dinosaur on another planet? If if only <laughs> if if only it was so beautiful. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not. And look uh, like like y'all see that movie was bad. I'm using the podcast as a platform to express this because I don't want to do this in public situations because I don't want to alienate my friends at times like this, you know? You really Thanks. don't want to do that. It's mm. it's better to go to the bar with your friends and talk about gouache and ink and shit like we did the other night that's nice that's a nice thing um i want those moments more yes so live live for them enjoy them while they happen well i am doing that but like some level of realism is also required to feel like you're sane well no one's sane what are you talking i thought we've already established that no one is sane 
What I'm trying to establish is that there are sane people and we're a super, super slim majority. And if, sorry, minority. And if you want to be a sane person right now, it requires taking a hard look and not in the mirror. Everything that you'll hear from everybody else will revolve around you. And this is scary because it's not just you. And it's like after all these catastrophic events from like financial crisis, it's not about you. It's about all these people mixed up in this COVID same way. And now we're getting to the worst of the worst, an unsurvivable thing that requires everyone. Yeah. I'm not trying to be a mole person in the subway. We only have above. I have to live in the G. I mean, there's a Duncan upstairs. Just read that. <laughs> enough coffee for decades up in the I mean it, look if you don't think Pradesh has a gun behind that counter at the Duncan on no strands you're out of your mind I don't think so I'm going to go with no maybe a crowbar something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's Baseball got some bat? he's got some defense mechanism back there he deals with the real dregs of humanity on a daily basis I mean I've there's people that walk in there and want 17 packs of sugar in their coffee you think he doesn't have murder on his mind? I know I would. I do, just hearing that. Yeah. I actually literally saw that happen once in that Dunkin' Donuts. So. 17? Specifically that number, too, which is crazy that you've calibrated it, but it's that maximum. At that point, why aren't you just like, can I have mostly sugar and put a little bit of coffee in it? I worked for someone who had five Splendas put in there. Um, it was five Splendas and three pumps and an iced coffee, and I went, ma'am. Are you Wilford Brimley? I'm sure we've been over this before, but like, you don't like coffee. Just don't order coffee. Well, yeah. Just drink a Coke. That's what you actually want. Well, you can't have that at nine in the morning. Sure you can. If you you're going to order this undignified monstrosity of a thing, just have it. Just have what you actually want. Just get the cupcake. You want a cupcake. Blend a cupcake. You're addicted to sugar. Yes, right. of course. Just, just have it. Just start pouring it into your mouth with a funnel. Ooh. Like a pixie stick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ew. Forgot that's what pixie sticks were. I could go for one right now. That sounds tasty. Mm. I want but an intercontinental to... ballistic pixie stick with three separate sugar warheads on it. That's called a nerd's rope. What are you talking about? <laughs> also, there is a candy called warheads that I miss. They still exist. Oh, really? Um, maybe I'll get some. Maybe I'll get some in honor of our situation. Oh, you know what? Do you want to do a collaborative piece where we buy a bulk in warheads and put them in a corner yes that is a really good idea green and lewis is now an artist (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh i think that works take one take as many as you want (laughs) one will burn your tongue you old fuckers who remember this Uh uh-huh i think that's funny let's do really funny we should definitely it should take about three dollars to do so oh my god uh i want to go to ba sweetie in ohio and just stock up did you ever go to that place I don't know what the fuck BA Sweetie is. Oh, it was a candy warehouse. So it was like a Costco for candy, candy yeah. wholesale. We have that on Canal. Or no, not Canal. Uh, it's down there in Chinatown somewhere. I've been to where you're talking about. Yeah. It's on Rivington. Let's go over there and be like, I need uh, a half ton of these. I think you need like, I don't know how much you need. I think you need 50 pounds. I think it's important for the concept of the piece that we find out exactly how that was calibrated and mirror it. Precisely. Oh, you can know because uh, <laughs> just to bring back terrible things uh, during COVID time. Uh, what's her name? Andrea Rosen. That was that. Yeah, was it? Yeah, she runs the um, estate, which or foundation rather. They did build your own Felixes at home, and you people like ship they would ship candy but it was only collectors so you'd have like remembering you know all we've lost today and it's just like a mega like this huge palace <laughs> with a felix in it in a corner all shitty and the implication is that every time a collector took one of those candies out of the pile and ate it they were supposed to think of a dead covid victim i don't fucking know <laughs> it was the most toned i was like this is an awesome i was project. like this man is rolling in his grave right now wow i love it <sighs> It was bleak. It was real bleak. I don't know. Markets and everything, man. Truly. Yeah. Remember what you're fighting for. 